0: What's it like to make an album and release it and then wonder, is this even worth it? We're going to get into that and a lot more on today's episode of Music Therapy. everybody. Welcome to Music Therapy. I'm Jessica Risker. I'm a musician based here in Chicago, Illinois, and I am also a licensed clinical professional counselor. Music Therapy is a mental health podcast for musicians and music fans. We explore creativity, mental health, music careers, and just what it means to be a musician these days. Please visit musictherapypodcast.com for previous episodes and upcoming events. We have a live taping of the podcast coming up on September 7th. That's a Wednesday at Cafe Mustache, and we are featuring Chicago band Smut. That'll be 8 p.m. on Wednesday evening, September 7th. I hope you come out and see us doing these live tapings with full bands are a lot of fun. Today, I'm talking with Chicago artist Uma Blue. Uma Blue is Molly Madden. And I asked Molly for a bio for Uma Blue, and she simply gave me this, Uma Blue is a pool. I caught Molly at a really uncertain place in her career and relationship with her music. And she actually told me after our conversation that she didn't realize how much in flux with things she was feeling until we talked about it. I'm excited to share this conversation with you, and we'll also listen to some music from Uma Blue along this conversation. I hope you guys enjoy. Here's my conversation with Molly Madden of Uma Blue. Hi. Can you hear me? I can. Actually, let me turn up my volume on my phone. Cool. I can hear you better. Thank you for joining. Yeah, thanks for having me. Is everything good on your end? Sound? Sight? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Good. Um, well, thank you so much for doing the show. Yeah, definitely. No, I was, um, thanks for rescheduling with me and, uh, sticking with me (laughs) through all the changes. Oh, sure.
0: Um, Mm -hmm.
1: well, let's start out. I
0: ask everybody the same question at first, just to give us a sense of, um, kind of what a life, uh, of a musician can look like. And the first question is, can you describe, uh, what a typical week looks like for you these days?
1: Well, these days, um, we'll get into it, I'm sure, but I've been in kind of a, I don't know if I'm the best representation of um, what a what a day in the life or a week in the life of a musician is like, because I've just been in such a weird in-between spot with um, practice and performing. Um, so this week, it, it's, you know, a number of times a day I'm thinking about music. <laughs> do I actually <laughs> do anything with it? That kind of um, depends, um, but um, yeah, I, I don't know. I have a I have a show next week, I guess, so I'm practicing pretty regularly for that, and um, I'm doing some collabs, so I was in the studio last night. It was a late night, and I go to my little day job during the day, so... I don't know. It, it kind of is just always different, um, and it depends on my moods, and if I have anything going on, if I have a deadline or not, I'm definitely not very self-motivating, so <laughs> it just kind of depends.
0: You know, uh, actually, that kind of answer is more common than not for musicians. I think musicians tend to have lives that are in a lot of flux.
1: That's good to, that's good to hear. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to be nice to myself about that. About it being in flux? yeah and I mean yeah I think I just kind of uh for the last few years really like I would say it started kind of more intensely like six months to a year before the pandemic even I just kind of got into a freeze state where I would um kind of touch my guitar and like flinch a little bit like it just didn't feel like that's um how I could talk to myself um so, yeah, it's, it kind of a, sometimes can feel like a really uh, Sisyphus, that Greek, you know, pushing the, the boulder up the hill. But I'm pretty yeah. good at ignoring the boulder. You
0: So you said that you have a day job. What do you do for your day job?
1: Um, I started it in January. It's my first, like, nine to five. I'm seeing what that's like. Um, it's at a law firm. I was doing this, which sounds impressive, but it's not. It just kind of was like I found a really cool gig, actually, that was really ideal for music um, because I was just helping out with this, like, filing project um, and I could make my own schedule. Um, uh-huh. The You know, pay wasn't great and there was no benefits, of course, but it at least was flexible. And then I think I just accepted that I'm in a weird place and don't necessarily need the schedule flexibility. And so now... I basically, it's an immigration law firm, so I help process paperwork um, Uh so uh, people that want to do work in America can um, get their visas and stuff. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. How how has that been? Honestly, well, I just started the full-time thing uh, like last week, so I'm still adjusting to it and kind of, I won't really know how how it feels for a little bit, I guess, but It's been, it's been nice. I haven't had a routine since college. Like I've always been in the service industry and yeah, like we were saying, um, life is full of variables and my circumstances just changed all the time for years. So I really am looking forward to just knowing where I'm going to be five days out of the week and Uh having, I have to stretch because sitting down really hurts after a long time. So I have to make sure I take care of myself in the mornings and I've, yeah, like I've never even had like a, or I can't remember in my adult life last time I had a consistent, like I wake up and I like know what the first three things I'm going to do are. Like I Uh have always struggled with like following through and sticking to habits. So I'm kind of excited. I think it'll be kind of healing. Just, I don't think this will be a place that I stay very long or I hope not. Um, but it's nice for right now. I think that circumstantially it's going to give me some things that I've, I've like never really had like consistency. So Mm -hmm. I'm looking forward to that.
0: So you said before that there've been periods where you would, you know, maybe move to be creative or make some music, but it just felt kind of impossible or would, can you, can you share more about that and are are you there now? What does your relationship
1: with music look like these days? man It's been something I've been trying to pull apart for a long time. Um, I think that it just got complicated, which is confusing because. At the very least, like, the reason or the desire to create anything Mm
2: -hmm.
1: is incredibly simple. Like, you know, and it's most basic. It makes you feel good, you know. And um, I think that it, I don't know. Well, when I was younger, I started playing guitar when I was 15. Well, I got my first guitar when I was eight, so I would, like, kind of try to figure it out. But I wasn't in lessons until I was 15, and I really had to like beg for it um uh, to beg for your lessons, yeah uh-huh. yeah and, um and like the space to i don't i have a hard time i think I find it very vulnerable to learn something in front of somebody uh-huh. um or any you know a group of people even with music, and so it was always something that I kind of would like do very very privately and if i thought that somebody could hear me i wasn't going to do it Uh so it took a lot of there was always like a, a lot that i had to do to make it so that i felt comfortable learning and like so it ended up being something very very private and um and i think that I the reason I wanted to start sharing my music by the time I got to college was one, I was like finally getting to go to shows regularly um, once I was like living in the city and like got to make my own decisions and stuff. And I kind of was like seeing people do it and I just felt, yeah, you know, pulled towards it, Uh same as anybody else that wants to do it. And I really, I think, wanted to, you know, I was in my early 20s. So, like, especially at that time, I felt really misunderstood and I really wanted people to understand me. And I thought that the way to do that was through writing these songs. Um, and I don't think it really like hit me that that was a vulnerable thing to do until it was too late and I was like doing it. And only uh, in the last couple of years have I think I've really started to feel the anxiety that a lot of people talk about. Cause I just kind of did it blindly. Like, I just, I guess I didn't question it. I was just young. And I, I think that after like wanting to do it and needing all the circumstances to be like absolutely perfect, you know, then yeah. So I just, I had to, and I didn't question it cause I felt really driven about it. And just now that I'm older, I think that I've like, I don't think people are going to understand me perfectly because they heard my song. You know what I mean? Or like, I think I've experienced some failures I think that I, I really, you know, wanted something more than what I was already getting from music that I didn't necessarily um, think I was finding. What do you think um, you wanted? I mean, uh, a lifestyle. I think I wanted it. T- I wanted uh, to travel. I wanted to tour, and I thought that the, you know, most fun way to do that would be through playing shows. And it just, I think coming to terms with like the real reality of trying to do that. And especially heading my own project and then having to do all of the other jobs. And it just became so much more than just the music, you know, like I don't think I understood that it was like running a business and that I was going to have to figure it out by myself pretty much. Um, And so I think that it, and then, you know, you get, you get insecure because then I'm, I'm in, the world of trying to make a business. And then I start comparing myself to everybody mm-hmm. and it just kind of got turned inside out from it being something that was like really, really just for me to then trying to figure out how to get people to like it more or something like that. I don't know. I mean, I, I, I struggled to really put an answer on it. Cause I, I don't know. I just kind of, I got to a really dissociative place with it where I just felt like I wasn't enough. And I think I wasn't really comfortable in the collaborations that I was in and I was always second guessing myself and yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It just kind of got out of my hands a bit. So I'm trying to find my way back to it, to it being something that is just like completely mine again. And and that doesn't necessarily mean not sharing it with people, but I think that I'm still really in the trenches of figuring out what exactly is painful about it and, like, remedying that. I think a lot of people can relate to that. Yeah, I I was just going to add, I... Only recently, I think since I started going through, I started taking steps to, like, take care of some of these things, which um, was, like, going solo again and and stuff like that. And I don't want to get ahead of myself in the conversation, but because of some of these, I think I'm just, like, moving into, like, a... A new age I'm like in a growth period with it and uh-huh. I never really thought to talk to other musicians about it and especially um like girl musicians or just musicians that aren't men I, I think I most of my collaborations were with men and and not that there's anything wrong with any of them but I just think that it's different you know it's just a different experience that like it's another layer of like labor and shame to try to explain what that is to somebody that just doesn't know and couldn't know. Um, and I started just in the few conversations I've had with people about even just like the difficulty of being in a band, um, interpersonally, um, I think that that's something that I thought everybody was keeping a secret, so I also kept it a secret. And talking to other people about it, it's been nice because I think I felt really alone in in all of the uncertainty surrounding it.
0: You mean, um, just to clarify, you mean the challenges of being in a band or the specific experience of being a woman in a band, or both? Both. And so when you were talking to other people about it, what have you heard what have you found people saying
1: um just that it's hard I mean I I think that maybe maybe this is like uh too are uh, too based in like a an emotional place but I don't actually think it's that extreme to say that I found my my band dynamic to be like as complicated as the dynamic I have with like my parents because it's specifically for me, like, this was my first band. So uh-huh. it was kind of like my first experience sharing myself in that way and understanding how, I mean, it's like, it's, it's like every kind of relationship. It's a really committed one. It's a business, your friends, your artistic collaborators. It wasn't romantic for me, but for a lot of people, they are sometimes, like, dating uh-huh. in their bands and stuff. And that's also, I'm sure, very complicated. And so I think just speaking to, like, any of anything just from like how it's hard to get four to five people in a room uh-huh. once a week to it to then having like when somebody's agitated like what does that do to the room and like do we know how to like soothe do you just like leave that person alone yeah. and and keep it professional at the same time like there's so many different things happening at once yeah
0: Mm-hmm. you and your band were going to be on our group session, which is where I interview a full band and there's a live performance, and then that changed. And it felt like there's, you know, in the past few months, as far as I understand, and I don't know how much you're comfortable talking about it, but it feels like there's been a lot of changes in your, you know, working with a band versus working solo for you very recently.
1: Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I feel... I mean, obviously, basically, what happened was that, I mean, so my album that I, we just released, mm-hmm. um, or the album, our album, um, it it took a long time, <laughs> it took a really long time. Uh-huh. It was taking many years before the pandemic, and then right around when I think we were getting ready to finish it and start distri- uh, distribution then the pandemic hit. And so uh-huh. then I added like another two and a half years to the process. Um, and it just, yeah, it just seemed like it kept getting heavier and heavier and harder to get off the ground. And I just, I like, couldn't figure out why. Um, it just, it just wasn't. And I don't think that was for lack of trying on anyone's end, but just by the time it did come out, and we had the release show, which was um, amazing. It was a really beautiful night. Um, it felt like a huge achievement. I just, I remember feeling so tired. And I kind of just had this feeling like, I just can't, I can't do that again. And I was kind of feeling like I honestly didn't know if I wanted to keep doing music at all. Um, and it just seems like, you know, I really love this. But the facts of life are just kind of butting heads with the whole thing and Um, you know, I just wasn't comfortable. I just wasn't comfortable in the situation anymore. And I, I felt like less to do even with anything between the band, because of course, there's always difficult things within a relationship that, that covers, you know, of course, so many different parts of our lives, but also like just time. It had been like many years, I think Mm -hmm. since 2017, I had been with the longest standing member and I took this like very, um, abrupt trip to los angeles and mm-hmm. just to go visit my friend for her birthday and just while i was there i was like i just i just can't keep doing this so i felt guilty i think because i i kind of ended the band like i think it was a big shock because we had like literally just put out this album and yeah and it was and it went really well and and um the show was really good and we had, i think I'd figured out a set that was really working for us but I just, yeah, I just kind of was like, there's, I would be betraying myself pretty immensely if I kept doing this. Um, so I just had to make the call. And it, of course, wasn't an easy one. And everybody dealt with it kind of differently. Um, and that's been, you know, something that's still kind of unraveling. And I, I'm trying to be delicate about, uh, while also, you know, really trying to keep honoring what I know I need to do. Um and uh yeah, I don't know, but I mean so yeah, like I said, I, I thought I was like maybe gonna quit altogether, but then I just kept thinking about it and I kept having ideas. I never really stopped writing lyrics. Uh-huh. You know, I always have melodies and vocal stuff going on, but I think it was specifically I think I was getting really in my head about instruments and gear and things that like felt technical in any way. I just really undermined my ability to learn or know anything or appreciate my own style, you know? Um, Yeah. And so... Sorry. That's that's okay. Hi! She gets (laughs) jealous if I'm ever talking to anybody and she's not (laughs) in the conversation. Um. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's, I never really stopped writing and I, I always had things on my mind. So I've been and then I thought, you know, let me do these little collabs with these other artists that I really like and have been kind of friends with uh-huh. for, for a time. And I never really collaborated with people because uh, my songwriting pr- process was so private and um, like I needed all of the space to make my mistakes and figure out exactly what I wanted it to be perfectionism I guess you could call that uh-huh. um and uh yeah i don't know i just i just have been i'm going to keep doing it and just kind of see how i feel but i've just been really reevaluating what i want from it and how how much i'm willing to do knowing how much it can take from me as like a career you know
0: When you were describing this elongated period from sort of the beginning of writing the album to the release show, which, like you said, took years, and in the middle of those years was pandemic, quarantine, all that stuff. Um, not, Not trying to have you repeat yourself, maybe just to dig in a little bit further. I'm kind of pulling out of that that the process felt like really long and maybe... That a sense of momentum was interrupted or lost, um, which I, I am sure pandemic, you know, did that to did that to life in general. So <laughs> kind of that, but also maybe just the struggles of creating an album, which is a pretty hard thing to do. Um, yeah. But it also sounds like, or I think I'm I'm hearing from you that also feeling drained from. I guess I want to say just working within the d- dynamics of a band and you know, you're not just creating music and writing songs, but you're managing what everybody's doing and feeling and bringing and yeah time and all of that stuff. Is that, is that what, that's what I'm hearing kind of made you be a little bit need a need a break from it. Is that correct?
1: Yeah. it it's all of that, and like it's a, yeah. I mean, it, there's just always like layers and layers on on top of it. Where I think also, I was so full of doubt throughout the whole process, and mm-hmm. I feel like I, because I lacked a. A technical understanding. I always thought that I had to know everything. Like I thought that I had to have the ability to, to be the engineer and the producer and the composer and the songwriter and the performer and the, you know, I'm if, managing marketing and everything. It feels like that these days, like you. Yeah. And I mean, it's, I guess great if you can do that, but I also have other parts of my life that I want to enjoy and yeah. other experiences I want to have. Um, And I think the other half of it was like starting out and just being a young girl. I was like, I think 19 when I wrote the first song that would end up being on the album. And when I got the band together, it was like, I just like could never, I never knew what the next step was supposed to be. Like we were playing shows every month and the songs were done, but figuring out exactly like, how to record, how to meet the person I need to meet, uh-huh. how to make the money for it. And then also being in the room and just feeling like I, there was a really, in my band, I feel like there was a confusion. One, what it really was is that I wanted it to be my project. And I want I needed that to be known, is that the songs were very precious to me. The project uh. was, yeah, like I said, I mean, it I was very deep. And I think there was kind of a tension of who was getting attention and who was getting credit for things. And I think especially working with a lot of men, like, again, I I loved them and I trusted them, but I also, I don't trust society and I really needed it to be known that I wrote the songs. They (laughs) were, the guitar parts were written by me. The lyrics are mine. The structure is mine. Like they're my songs. And so I feel like the possession over the project kind of got like, and I would make decisions like as someone that's been conditioned to be a people pleaser. Uh And, you know, also just, you know, who wants to see people be upset? I just think I had a hard time like fully claiming that it was mine. And I think that it was kind of like between me and another member, like just, just the credit and, like, the, the, it's just so annoying because, like, the notoriety really was, like, it's only important depending on the opportunities that you want to have. And I guess we did want to, like, make a career out of it. And so it was just for, like, professional credit and stuff like that. I don't know. It just, it all got really convoluted. And I think it was at times people trying to make the project be something that worked for them even when it wasn't, mm-hmm. um, you know which happens in a lot of relationships, you know, you just like keep, it's, it's, it works on enough levels that you want to keep making it, but there's like a deal breaker that just was not being acknowledged. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, it's, it was just a a lot to manage. And I, I was honestly really empowering to quit and kind of take it back into my own hands, not even as like a, possessive thing over the album and those songs specifically, but just like mm-hmm. my autonomy as an artist, like it, it's kind of like, if I would have stuck in that band, it kind of would have been like being in a relationship from high school. You know, I had just kind of outgrown the situation mm-hmm. and I like mm-hmm. needed to meet different people and, um, you know, learn more about myself and, and stuff like that. There was some, um,
0: I don't know if you saw, but there was some hearts flying um, while you were talking, especially I think <laughs> during the part, where you were essentially talking about the struggle of wanting to sort of lead the band, but also struggling with not wanting to upset people or, you know, finding that balance. And I, I have, you know, I can relate to that too. Um, I'm curious, you said that you had um, you know, been talking to some other female musicians about their experiences, and I wonder if there are any takeaways or anything that anyone shared that really resonated with you in these conversations.
1: Um, I think... Um, I think just that I... I don't know. I guess just knowing that anybody else felt it and just that I could kind of even just say the start of a sentence and they're like,
0: yeah, <laughs>
1: like, yeah, I know it's really difficult. And um, I think especially what I appreciate about it is um, when there's kind of been like a pent up amount of energy surrounding like a frustration like that, like the way that I've acted out and then been so worried about how that would impact like opportunities we might get, like, you know, not that I'm out here necessarily burning bridges, although I'm sure I've done that. Um, you know, it's, it's just been nice to know other people have also like made mistakes and Mm -hmm. upset people and have been able to continue doing what they're doing and, and not be like abandoned by everybody for it. Uh You Yeah. 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 Which I mean by that, like acting out. I mean, literally, like it sounds so extreme, but I'm like snapping at somebody, you know, when you're just yeah. like frustrated or something like that. Like nothing sinister, but just even something as small as that would give me so much anxiety sure. about, you know, because well, I'm like, it, it's so true in in all the arts where they're like, if 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 people don't like you and they don't want to work with you, that's gonna really impact like what you're able to to do. So. It was just nice to talk to people that have like been like I have also been irritable and that's been okay.
0: Yes. Totally. Um yeah, I mean if I in, in a way that's the spirit of the podcast is to try to like share these stories so people can be like, oh, yeah, I have felt that too. Um yeah. or I can relate to that. Let me in, let's take a little um um moment here and and talk about one one of the songs is this this song to be vast mm-hmm. is this on your new album
1: yeah yeah
0: can you tell us about this song
1: yeah i um i wrote it when i was in acting school um and i just remember I, this isn't i guess that relevant to the song i just remember the exact place i was in when i wrote the chorus i was like supposed to be rehearsing for a call back. And, um, I just was in a room that like echoed really nice and I was alone. And so it was really nice to sing and hear myself. Um, and I just remember the chorus or I guess it's not the chorus. It was the, there's not really a chorus on that song. It's more like the pre chorus maybe. Um, and it's just about being tired of existing, (laughs) honestly, just about it's I wish all the time that I could just take a little vacation outside my body and, um, you know, just not be in it for a little bit um, and, and feeling too like I was too big for it. Like, I just don't fit in here. It's like too much to be encapsulated um, and it can be really uncomfortable. So I think it was just I was in a room that echoed and I was able to kind of um, release some of that. And then it became this song.
0: Oh, I love that. Yeah. bit about um the name you perform under. So you perform under Uma Blue, but this is not just a band name, this is a persona. Is Mm -hmm. that correct? Can you can you tell us a little about Uma Blue?
1: Yeah. Um so she exists because I did um so when I yeah I first got to acting school I was 18 or 19 and I was just taller than all of the other girls in my class, so I wasn't really getting cast in anything. I would get callbacks to be, like, the old woman, just because I was, like uh-huh. more mature looking. And I was just – at the time, I was, like, I just don't, even for practice, think that this would be that useful to me. So I wanted to find um, – something different to do and i think in my acting class some one of the boys was talking about being in a burlesque school and i was like oh that's crazy that that exists here um so i did it and i met uh, my first teacher po chop she's um she still performs she's an incredible incredible artist and she taught me a lot about um power um and especially like using your body to feel that uh-huh. Um because I was like horribly, horribly stage fright at the time, like yeah, still doing my like hiding to play music thing. Um and it was uh I don't know, so I I um really needed a confidence booster, I think. I really needed something that I could step into and it was a something that I felt privately, you know. Um and um I was able, like, through doing burlesque, I was able to kind of bring that thing that I felt privately, like, into a physical space. Um, And uh, I don't know. I, I, for a long time, I was, like, trying to, like, write this, like, narrative and, like, kind of write out, like, be really specific. But it really is just, like, pure feeling. Mm -hmm. It really is just kind of um, being able to be comfortable um, being an authority in the room, being comfortable, like owning a room, owning the stage. Uh Um, and, uh, I don't know. It just, it just kind of was more, it's honestly less of a performance. And I think just more like a name for something inexplicable that happens when I get on stage, which it's just kind of like accepting that, like, I committed to doing this thing and there's no going back. So Uh I'm going to do it and anything could happen, but I feel like I'm in complete control over everything somehow. Um, So I don't know, like, I guess the idea of persona has gotten really lost on me and for a little bit, like I, I didn't have enough money to have a costume wardrobe and a wardrobe. So I would just buy things that I could also maybe repurpose for stage at some point. Uh-huh. So my identity and who I was kind of got really confused with it. Um, in like my, like when I was like 22, especially, um, and now I feel like it's really nice actually. Cause I, I don't know, it's just, it's interesting. Um, because the pers- any, anybody has a persona nowadays because of social media, and then also if you're a performer, like, even if you don't have, like, this name or a, a character, like, you still turn into something else when you're on a stage. And um, I felt kind of... I, recently, in the last few years, I felt really weird about people, like, identifying me as that because then it kind of... You become the shape of something rather than a person. Uh-huh. And... Um, now it's, it's nice to have that and um, because there's, like, this separation. Like, I, it's something that I can turn off, and I think I really needed a boundary between me and what I do either for work or for fun just to kind of be, like, this is something that I can step into, and it can be a healing space. It can be a divine experience, but it, not, it is not necessarily something that I am all the time.
0: So you went from... You know, this is something that people may sort of inadvertently assume. This is me to. I actually prefer it this way. I like having a persona to embody, and then I mm-hmm. can create some separation. Yeah. So you brought the um, Uma Blue from Burlesque into your music performance. Is that right? Mm -hmm. what was that like to incorporate music into it your own music
1: um it was seamless I never it wasn't like I was getting on stage and doing a burlesque performance for people it was Uh more like um I can make this a little bit more of an experience by like I always hope that like my music would be something that would like take people somewhere else like I want it to be a physical feeling um and um I think that bringing the character into it, and especially with something that as over the top as burlesque. I think that even if, like, it, it provided the costume, it provided an attitude, it provided um, the confidence, and, and yeah, I mean, like, that was a huge thing in burlesque is that, like, it was, it was nice because in those sort of rooms at a lot of the shows anyways, they were, like, pretty serious about how we were treated. Like, it's a respectful thing. Like, you're here to see... Art, you're here to see somebody like love themselves as a way that you might leave with another way to love yourself. Uh-huh. Um, you know, so it was like a really, uh, I felt really empowered, and so it was kind of nice because it also provided the kind of like, um, even though it it's not like you have like a host at the beginning of a, a concert, like uh-huh. say this is the deal. Like, this is how these people need to be treated. This is the way to act as an audience member. Like I'm able to say that without saying it when I just get on stage. And that's Mm -hmm. just because I brought that from burlesque. But, um, yeah, it, it, it wasn't a, like I was adding to the show. It was just more kind of like what I needed to be, what I needed to wear and the world that now we're in and that we can feel safe going in because I'm in control. And like, no matter how emotional the song gets no matter like what you might like feel even if it's just a lot of excitement like i'm leading it so everybody else can just chill out Uh uh-huh yeah
0: how you know i was actually talking uh talking with a friend recently about using like your own your legal name the name you go by every day as your performer name and you know the how that can feel kind of just how that can feel compared to not even creating a persona, but even just having a band name. Mm -hmm. What would it feel like to you if you were to perform a show under the name Molly? (laughs) How
1: would that feel? I mean, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I I think that I, uh, I think I'd be okay. I think that I, I don't know what I would wear, I guess. Uh-huh. I, don't, I feel like I would want to still dress up, but I, it's kind of crazy because I feel like even now when I kind of put on an outfit just to go out and I want to, like, feel good and, like, be with my friends or something, I would still kind of assume that Uma mentality. Uh-huh. Um, like, especially at a bar, if there's, you know, somebody talking to me that I don't necessarily want to, like, know who I am, I'll say that I'm Uma. Um, uh-huh. But, uh I don't know. I mean, I, that's compelling. I'm not totally sure. Um, it's interesting. I have a show at sleeping village this upcoming Tuesday, and it's going to be my first one back, um, without the bands. And, and even with Uma Blue, like with, with what I want to wear and how I want to present myself, like that's also kind of in flux at the moment. Um, and so I have been kind of, I'm actually so nervous for that show. Um, And uh, I think part of it is just that it it is kind of more like this will basically be that. Like, I'm still performing under Uma Blue because that's what people know. That's the name of the project. But um, it will be, I'm more so curious. I'm really not trying to plan anything and just kind of like go and play my songs and just kind of see what I do. But I feel like uh, in my mind, I'm just going to like play my songs and like not say anything (laughs) between anything.
0: Let's can we talk about um another song off, off the album and this is the title of the album as well, Don't Drive Into the Smoke.
1: Can you yeah. tell us about that song? Yes. Uh, it um there's a there's a big backstory to it that I won't get into specifically, but um I think it's the song and I feel like a lot of the album and, and a lot of the urgency that's behind it was kind of this like kind of with this like sense of delusion. I think that I, I was really stuck in um, having, because especially in your early 20s and like moving from, um, you know, an extremely repressed environment, which was where I was in high school, to a city where I'm allowed to do anything. Mm-hmm. I, you, you had all these, and I was young, you know what I mean? I was like, you know, early 20s. And so just all these moments just happen. And I feel like I always wanted to be living on that like huge edge of a moment where it just feels like, you know, you'll never be more present than that. Like just, and I was having a a series of those. Um, And this one was about like one of those moments in particular that now as an older girl, I feel a little bit more complicated about. But at the time it like just meant... A lot to me, and this kind of like fantasy moment ended up, I think, becoming something that I really, really wanted to recreate. And then it kind of became nightmarish, which is, I think, a theme that's like kind of throughout the album, but especially on that song, it's like a really big journey. Um, so it says it's called "Don't Drive into the Smoke" because it's like don't get lost in the don't get lost in the moment. Um, kind of keep your feet on the ground if you can.
0: A sense of urgency in the album, and you know, dealing with it in that song, and then I was thinking back to how the making of the album felt like it was the total opposite of something (laughs) being done urgently. Was that? I mean, (laughs) how did that? That must have been frustrating.
1: I mean, I don't know. I mean, it. I think it. It was like yes and no because it just there was always so many things happening and I think it was just like after the album had been recorded in my mind I was going to be able to like turn it out and get it out to people in like less than four months Uh and then just for some reason like it just it just wasn't and um and then yeah I mean I guess it yeah I guess it was kind of by the end of it a, a certain kind of grief because there was a time where I was really excited about the songs and then it started turning into an obligation because I felt like I couldn't move forward. I didn't want to start working on new music until that came out. And so Uh what that resulted in was then just playing the album for so long that I feel like, and playing it almost only in Chicago too. Like, I think it just kind of got stale, Uh which was hard because like the songs are so like, rich with like like moments that I could have leaned into for a really long time and then it just kind of became this thing that felt like I have no choice but to keep doing this and then yeah by the time the album came out I was like I'm not touring this I can't like do all of that and um and everything so yeah I guess to answer your question in a, a short form yeah it was frustrating <laughs> So
0: another thing that you had mentioned um, was this idea of believing in your vision in the face of imposter syndrome. Have you experienced, we did an episode actually on, with another therapist on imposter syndrome lately. I'm interested in, in your experience. Is that something that
1: you've experienced? Yeah, pretty intensely. I, but it's, it's interesting too, because uh, I think it is a powerful phenomenon because I have been so lucky to have been surrounded by people from when I initially started out because Uma Blue started as a solo project. And Mm -hmm. then because I was playing out, I was able to meet band members that way. Um, But literally from the first time I performed a song to now, I've always had an overwhelming amount of support and like kind words from people. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it just doesn't mean anything like, it, or not that it doesn't mean anything. It's really nice. But I think to me as like a, a validation thing, yeah. it really just wasn't cutting it. And I think that that's another thing that I kind of keeps me weighted and something that I need to continue exploring and try to be like delicately curious. Like I tend to want to like heal things all at once. And then I'm like, Oh, I just knocked myself out. But it's just this sense that I have any right to be doing it at all. Um, I remember when I first was learning how to play the guitar, I would avoid learning how to play songs that I loved the most because I just felt like I, if I, if it wasn't the best representation of the song, then why would I, why would I do it? Mm-hmm. And you know, just. Yeah, you know, it just, it just really felt like, especially just because, you know, when I was younger, like, uh, a lot of the music I was listening to, or that was popular in like Northeast Ohio was like pop punk music, which was like, except Hayley Williams and like one other chick, I can't even remember her name. Like, there's just no like women to look up to. Uh And so it felt like I, I better bring something amazing if I'm going to be here. And if I'm going to like dare do the same thing as them and uh obviously that's like an unfair pressure and um yeah i don't know so yeah definitely it's something that i experience and something that i still have to figure out like having kind of a sense of worth and like uh yeah like the the right and the um yeah the right to be there kind of
0: yeah Let's let's talk about if it's okay with you. There's there's one more sort of bullet point I wanted to ask you about, um, and that mm-hmm. is considering. I understand that you've been considering moving to LA. Can you yeah. tell us about? I just talked with um, another artist. We just released it. Brighty, A- Brighty, who is moving to LA. She's packing up. She's taken yeah. a couple of band members with her or they're going to. Um, <laughs> and so it was kind of funny that, you know, that was something that, you know, I understood you were considering as well. What, what are, what's the desire about where are you with that?
1: Honestly, um, I wanted to go just for the weather. And also because um, I feel like at this point, I am not in an opportunistic mindset at all, which I know sounds kind of backwards for going to, like, the most opportunistic city for, like, music and arts. Uh-huh. But I think that's exactly why, like, I just... I don't I don't ever want to be sad. And I also, like, just don't even know what... I, I listened to that podcast uh, episode this morning, actually. Bridey uh-huh. um, opened for me at my um, release show, so I'm a oh, big fan. Okay. Yeah, and um, I... Wow, what was I saying though? Um Opportunistic. I'm oh oh. but in your in that episode you had asked her like what how she would define success in music and that's something I've been really trying to evaluate. Mm-hmm. Um and because um, I feel like it, it really it makes sense that it looks like it can only be one way and I don't know. I, I just I don't I don't really know how visible I wanna be. I don't really know how much I i I want to be recognized um like i i want I think i it's it's hard because I think that I would love to play bigger stages just because I think that I have the ability to really perform them well and I can perform to that level, but all the other stuff that comes with it is just something that I've become incredibly uncomfortable with and mm-hmm. just that uh, that attention like even at my release show it was just at the hideout and it was a pretty full room but I think I afterwards it was all people being really nice but I was really overwhelmed like I honestly am just like a tiny dog like I need a lot of space yes. and I don't want to be pet too much but um, yeah so I thought that moving to LA like this is, this is a great time to go then because if I have really no expectations of the city other than Mm-hmm. I really just love the ocean. I just want to live somewhere where the sky is always pink. I have a lot of friends out there. Mm-hmm. And when I visited, it seems like everybody just wanted to make things and hang out and like be outside. And all of that sounds great to me. Uh-huh. Um, so I don't know. And I, I, I guess also, you know, there's like kind of the thought where it's like, maybe something really cool happened, but maybe not. And at least it's beautiful there and like why would i ever be sad to be surrounded by like beautiful people, beautiful mountains and the ocean, you know. Mhm. So yeah, you're so, thinking
0: about it. You haven't
1: I'm got thinking your about it. <laughs> you haven't got your boxes yet, but you're thinking about it. Yeah, well the idea was maybe to go and like do like a 4 month sublet out uh-huh. there and just kind of see could I afford it? Like could I drive all the time? Um, that kind of stuff. And obviously there's just like the circumstances of life, like it's really expensive, housing's really difficult at the moment, um, and that's stuff I have to take into consideration. So, and just you know, between April and now, my life has like completely Change like eight times over, uh-huh. so I just between now and I kind of thought I would dip out like right around when the winter is like unbearable, so like January February yeah um, but um yeah, I mean I guess just there's you know another eight times my life could change before <laughs> then, so I have to just... see what happens
0: well, my last question you already spoke to that was going to be what what does success
1: look like for you for music? I think that honestly, just being able to do it on my own terms and kind of, I think it would be sick to have a a supportive enough group of people that follow my music that would want to see me put out stuff when I put stuff out. Um, But I think just being able to make it and perform and just never have to consider or really worry about answering to anybody, uh-huh. um, whether that's like an actual person, a group of people, or just the people in my mind, I think it would be really nice to just kind of be free of all of that and um, make music as I, as I see fit.
0: Okay, well, that's you said you have a show coming up, it's next Tuesday yeah the, uh, the 23rd the 23rd and that's mm-hmm.
1: where uh, at sleeping village
0: and then um your your latest record don't drive into the smoke that was out R- march 23rd via earth libraries yep yeah. 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 yeah and so you've got a band camp and people can check it check that out there yeah mm-hmm. it was a pleasure talking with you i can definitely you know definitely hear that you're in this period of flux um yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I feel like I want to reach out to you again, you know, a little bit down the road and see, see kind of what you're feeling and, and how things are going. But thank you so much for uh, being really vulnerable and sharing, like, how things have been going and where you're at with all this. I can't help but be honest. Um,
1: Anna, <laughs> I'd love to talk to you anytime. So you have my number.
0: Okay, I want to thank Molly for her time today. That was a really great conversation. Um, I found myself reflecting quite a bit on it afterwards and I I hope you guys got something out of it too. I think these are very common feelings Um, and sometimes it's just nice to hear other people say them as well. I hope you guys are doing well. We will be back next week. Please visit musictherapypodcast.com for previous episodes and upcoming events. Music Therapy is hosted by Jessica Risker produced by Sullivan Davis of Local Universe and engineered by Joshua Wins in Chicago. Peace and love until I see you again.